you are a senior vice president with L Brands. You are running, you know, $2 billion business. You're responsible for a strategy for a $4 billion business. And you are a woman of color. They were all in my ear, Mm -hmm. but they weren't talking about me. And I got caught up in that for a minute. But then I was realizing how much of me I was having to give up every day Mm. to be what those people were so impressed with. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of Black Women Drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And how are we doing? How are we doing as we move into another week in this time of the pandemic? And um, yeah, I know that I can see, I can see people are tired of being in lockdown. I can sense it. Um, We see more people coming out on the streets and um, not staying home. I know there's some mixed messages out there and the pandemic is still on. So I know where I'm staying. I'm staying home with my peeps till we get the it's much clearer out there you know and I get how people can uh, struggle can struggle with being inside but the struggle with people who are really dealing with COVID directly is even bigger so if you're one of those people who is like I'm tired of being inside I just want to go out and play can you please stay home because the more people who stay home the quicker we all get out you know just wanted to say that. Just want to say that. Yeah, so wanted to say that. One of the things that I wanted to link to that, though, is that stay home message is as it's been going on for a number of weeks, you're going to respond in, we're going to respond in different ways. I was on a call with, I'm on a number of calls, as you can imagine, we're all on a number of calls, all having similar conversations about what's happening. One of the things that's kind of emerged for me is sometimes people, may not be asking for help when they need it sometimes people may not be reaching out early enough get into a place when they are frustrated or worried and anxious annoyed bored and tired concerned desperate frustrated did I say that and they're not reaching out for help one thing that I would recommend is because in in the moments when you're in that place when you're in the depths of it it's really hard to think about who are the people who I could reach out for help who can I talk to who, who who's in my support network that I can call on and rely on if you're not in that place of feeling desperate or feeling frustrated, feeling annoyed, like really in it, you know, when you're in it and you can't really see beyond it, then I recommend that you think about right now who the people who can help you, who the people who you would reach out to for the various things, like, you know, depending on 
if you want someone who you can just like be completely vulnerable with, if, you, if there's someone you want some direction and some advice on, on, on what you can do next, maybe around your business, around your work. If you, if there's something about your financial stress and you think, who's the person I can speak to, to really get some guidance on how I manage my, my economic situation, my financial situation. So whatever it is, think about it when you're not in the depths of it. And then you can, it will, it will help you go to those people when you need it. And if you are someone who's really feeling anxious right now and really feeling frustrated and worried, find someone to reach out to. It's a very different world when you are in communication with someone, when you're talking through some of the concerns that you have and the worries that you have on whatever you're dealing with to you holding it in your head because when you hold it in your head it grows and it grows in a circular fashion and in a way that doesn't necessarily empower but disempower so that's my recommendation this week reach out ask for help and if you're someone who's in good shape and you're thinking I'm doing okay then you might want to look to see is there someone that I can help is there someone that I haven't heard from that we just want to check in and see how they're doing? Because that's another way is that sometimes I just have someone comes to mind. This is one of the things that I'm doing. If someone comes to my mind, I'm just going to send them a text. How are you doing? How, how, how's things going on going for you? You like just check in with them and see how they're doing. And if it comes back like mm, not so much, it's just like, OK, let's talk. You know, I know that's something that I can offer. And so that's what I'm that's one of the things that I'm doing okay cool now before we go into the interview this week with Kimberly Lee Minor who is a phenomenal woman she's been a senior leader for the last 25 years or so and working in in merchandising and product development and brand development and management that's been her field I'll go on to tell you a bit more about her in a minute. So before we go into that, that interview, there's a couple of things I want to say. The first is, if you are loving this show, that is now, a, I didn't even celebrate, I should have acknowledged, 102 episodes. What, what? 102 episodes. I should have celebrated that when we got to 100. Why is that? Why do we do like 100? And it's, why, why can't we celebrate 102? But I'm celebrating 102, 102 episodes. Or am I 103? Is this 103? Is this 104? Anyway, we're at over 100 episodes. It's a point. So if you are loving She's Got Drive, then please go to iTunes and rate and review my show. Review it is the first thing. Rate it, the second thing. The third thing is tag someone. Send it to someone. Send it to one other person. You think, I know someone who's going to really benefit from this show and pass it on. Spread the love and I would appreciate it it so much up for continuing to grow the show and expand the show. I want to tell you about my She's Got Drive journals. I've launched She's Got Drive journals and they are notebooks predominantly at the moment. And there's a new gratitude journal that's coming out. This should be out by next week. And the notebooks have inspirational quotes on them. And the Gratitude journal is a reflection journal that's targeted at women where you have, um, it's a 30 days gratitude journey and it's got poems and it's got beautiful photos as well as structures for you to practice gratitude and setting your intention 
each day for 30 days. Now, why 30 days? Because in, if, in, after 30 days, you'd have developed the habit and then you can keep moving forward. When people say, I'm going to start a new gratitude practice and I think about, I'm just going to keep going for the year. We all know that that, that works for some people, but it's a small percentage of people really who keep the practice going up until they, so you, you get, you create an, a goal, a window of 30 days, and then you play for that. You achieve that and then you can keep that practice going. So if you're, if you want to get a She's Got Drive journal or the gratitude journal or the, one of our, one of my notebooks, you can go to Amazon. You can go to She's Got Drive journal page and all my various books, beautiful designs. There's about 15 different design covers and, and, and quotes. And the link is also in the show notes as well. And they're like $5.99, something like that. $5.99 a book. And it's beautiful quality. It's just lovely. I am excited about it. I am excited about it. I love a notebook. That's why I'm doing notebooks because I personally love notebooks. Old school, old school in that regard. Okay, so let's, let me talk about my interview with Kimberly, who I want to say this interview is a little bit different in that it was really organic. And so, you know, I usually say thank you for being a guest on She's Got Drive. And, you, you know, we usually start like that. This one, not so much. We kind of started talking and it just got into it. And then it was like, well, I feel like we're in it. And so I didn't go back and go, thank you for being a guest on She's Got Drive. I didn't want to do that. I want you to imagine... <laughs> I know this sounds a bit strange, as if you're like catapulting into our conversation, as if you were like a fly on the wall and you just kind of like walked into the room. And there we are having our conversation. It's kind of like that because it kind of starts like when we go into the interview, it's kind of like almost as if we're in the midst of something. So um, I just wanted to give you the heads up for that. But it was it's just such a lovely, rich conversation. She's got so much to share that I think you'll get a lot from it and from from the perspective of someone who is has left the corporate environment and then started her own entity, home business, but also what's been that journey been to get there and, and the lessons that she's learned and also our kind of conversation around COVID as well. So now a little bit more about, about Kimberly is, you know, she, what she started in, at Macy's and also worked with Express as a retail analyst and allocator. Then she moved to New York and she was with Foot Locker. She, un- she took under her helm 1,500 stores, catalogs and websites for global distribution in the US, Europe and Canada for all Foot Locker and its house brands. She got the Outstanding Contribution Award. She continued her career in leadership, posi- leadership positions in Ann Taylor Loft in Iconics brand group. She became brand president for London Fog, Rampage, Bongo and Joe Boxer. And she also was SVP for strategy merchandising operations at Bath and Body Works. So she has such a depth of experience and knowledge in this area. And then she's now, as you said, last year, she um, decided to head out on her own and start her own her own business and she shares about that so without further ado i give you kimberly lee minor and this is the first time you know in my career that i'm doing my own thing in the middle of what's going to be a recession Mm -hmm. we're on our way very quickly right Um, 
And I don't feel the stress that I had before when I was working for somebody and had a, a regular paycheck. I was thinking about this last night and I was like, should I be stressed? I have a son that's going to college, but I feel more in control than I've felt in right. maybe 10 years. Right. Because I I feel like there's a purpose for what I'm doing. Right. I get something from it. I just, I feel like there's so much more. And, and the response that I'm getting from people, it's like, okay, you should have been doing this, but things happen when they're supposed to happen. Right, right. But I feel like my life is fuller than it was when I was doing those things. Yeah, so. yeah. When you're working for someone in this moment, you're thinking, when are they going to make the cuts? And am I going to be one of those people yes. who get cut? 100%. Yes. Everyone's thinking about that who's working for a company right now. It's just like, okay. where are they doing it? What's going to be of value? Who's the leader? Because the leader determines mm -hmm. who gets to stay and who gets to go. You know, what's my relationship right. with that leader? Is they, do they choose me or not? You know, so right. they're holding, so even if they're in work, they're holding lots of anxiety, as you said, about the future that they have no control over, which could be lastminute.com. They just turn around and go, well, that's it. You're done. You're and, done. Right. And then they've got to decide what they do there. Or some of them should be sitting there figuring out if this happens, then what, rather than wait for it to happen would be a better move. But last week I did a few, um, podcast on the when, not the what if, right? And mm -hmm. I, I did it with a few other people and they said, you know, well, what should people be thinking right now? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, you should be thinking, where do I want to be? Mm -hmm. Because this is a gift. You really have time. Even if you're still working, you're working from home, right? right? So there's, you have that freedom to really take some self-inventory and say, okay, when was the last time I really was able to take a true pause mm -hmm. to ponder and then decide, do I swerve, do I pivot, or right. do I stay the course? Like, I don't think, I don't know. I, I would think not since college or mm -hmm. high school or you know, because life is always in the way of life. How do you maximize this time right now? And while you're doing that, even if you have a job, you know, get out there. This is great because everything is digital. You can be on LinkedIn. You could be mm -hmm. an organization. You know, you can touch base with people very quickly and, and very real time and do that and meet some new people and see what's available. I was saying that even if you have a job when you go back, Mm -hmm. You have now opened your eyes to new possibilities, right? Right, and you've made a new connection, right? Or if you're furloughed, a lot of people. To your earlier point, a lot of people who are furloughed are like, "Well, I'm furloughed." That you know, I'm like, okay, well, furlough is just a few steps from being laid off. Right. So don't don't be lulled into thinking that your job is necessarily there when right. you go back. So if you're furloughed take all that time because you're not working. So take right. that time to really do what you need to do and use this as a purposeful pause and not just, Oh, I'm going to watch, you know, binge TV. Exactly. And, right. Like be smart about this. Take control of your life. Right. Be smart about it. Right. And so that's what I'm, I'm talking to people about, you know, and it's a new age because the thing is 
once everything gets back to, it's not ever going to go back to what it was. Nope. And there's a new normal, right? So get used to this, you know, communicating digitally, right? you know, things moving at a different pace, uh, meeting new people and having exposure in a different way. What does it mean to be connected? You know, it might not be that you're going to be able to have drinks every week with the same people. Like you just have to be open to thinking outside the box. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly, I mean, in terms of the, the, you know, my whole thing's about living life by design and not default. Right. Right. And people are now being forced to look and see, I mean, they're forced to, but will they? is to look and see what does that mean and can I really design the life that I'm on when we're confronted with the possibility of illness and death for anybody right then you have to look then what am I doing with my life I think that comes up anyway when we have loss in our life anyway when we have grief yes. I mean my my movement to the US was facilitated by really or the catalyst was my dad dying Okay. That has me stop and go, well, what am I doing? Mm. What am I doing with my life? And what haven't I done that I wanted to do? And where are we doing this? Is this, is this what we're doing for the next 20 years? You know, it was those questions. And, and then losing mum was a similar thing. It was like, okay, so what does this mean for me? Like, what am I doing? So the same questions, it has me stop and reflect because you only have this one life this is it this is it this is it and you we do have agency in determining the content of our life and not Mm -hmm. everyone believes that or knows that I understand that I understand that not everyone believes it or knows it but we it is within our reach it is within yeah. our reach. Um, it is. You know, I mean, one of the questions you asked um, about the biggest challenge, mm-hmm. right? Um, to me, like, my biggest challenge was my biggest opportunity. And quite frankly, I missed it twice. <laughs> right? Say more. Um, I just honestly, you know, like, so when I was maybe eight years into my career, about eight, six, eight years, my mom passed away Mm -hmm. and she passed away after my father was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Okay. And so he had had his surgery and the, um, his recovery was not, did not go well. And she was taking care of him and she was, you know, she had retired early. She was 56 years old, a couple years older than what I am now. Right. And, um, she had retired early to take trips and she was on a cruise with a couple of friends in Europe and my grandmother took ill. And as soon as she got back, like she came, they they flew her back. She flew back, right? She cut her trip short. And that's when my dad had his surgery. You know, she became legal guardian for my father as well as for her parents. Right. And then she's diagnosed with cancer Wow. And given five years, she passed six months later. But in the six months time, we had a lot of time to talk. Right. And I'm an only child. 
And there were a lot of regrets that she had and lessons that she gave me. You know, she was she gave me lessons as the whole time I was growing, but there were some things that she told me then that obviously still stick with me even beyond the things that she taught me and the tools she gave me as she was raising me. Right. And the one thing that really stood out to me was I have been married to your father for almost 30 years. I feel like there was romance for maybe three of those years. And I let fear get in the way of me leaving and trying something different, right? Like moving on. And it's not that I didn't love your dad, but I just felt like this was not necessarily the place. Like this, this was not where I was going to find the love I really wanted. Mm -hmm. She said it and I stayed. And I really want you to know that it is not a failure if you leave, whether it's you you get married, because at that point I was nowhere near marriage. So if you get married and it doesn't work and you turn around and you marry the same type of person, then it was a failure. If you get married and it doesn't work and you decide to just focus on yourself and you learned more about yourself and it made your life a bigger life and more of what you want it to be, it was not a failure. Mm. And think of the same thing about your career, right? If you're working for a company and you know there's more for you and they can't fulfill that part of you and you leave, or even if it's not a fit and they decide it's not a fit and you go on and you do something fabulous that just fulfills you, then that situation was never a failure. Right. And just always remember that. And she said, life is going to get tough for you because you're 27 years old and you are going to be responsible for your father and your grandparents. But just think about this while you're doing it. You have one life. So when you have to make decisions, just always think about that. Mm -hmm. You have one life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I heard her and then I jumped into the fire, Shirley, because then I was taking care of my dad, taking care of my grandparents. And, you know, I, I became a very different person right? because I felt like my life became consumed with taking care of ill people who are older than me. And then unfortunately having to manage their, their deaths and their funerals. And, and, you know, I kind of became that person in my family. And I went through that and I said, okay, I'm going to start my own business. And I, and I did it, but I really hadn't planned it. I was just like, okay, I can't work in corporate right now. I'm going to do this thing that I love to do. But it, it, it became very quickly something I didn't love to do because I had these other things in the way. Right. Right. And then, um, you know, I went through that round twice and then I, you know, I just said, okay, well, I'm going to work. And I worked until, you know, I got promoted and I worked really hard. I got promoted, got worked really hard. And it, you know, it was almost like I was on a wave, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, it's pushing me forward. It's pushing me forward. But I never felt like I chose that. Right. I mm -hmm. felt like it chose me but I'm on this wave and it's working for me. It's giving me these titles. It's giving me the money. 
It's, you know, all of the things that I thought were important. And it wasn't until 2018 that I've really had to do some self-assessment. And, you know, people were in my ear. They were like, you are a senior vice president with L Brands. You are running you know, $2 billion business and you're responsible for a strategy for a $4 billion business and you are a woman of color. You are fabulous. Like they were all in my ear, Mm -hmm. but they weren't talking about me. And if, and I, and I got caught up in that for a minute, but then I was realizing how much of me I was having to give up every day Mm. to be what those people were so impressed with. Right. Right. And I was like, okay, what would my mom say? (laughs) Right. If she was sitting here and we were having this conversation, what would she say? If I left, would she say, what am I learning? Hmm. Let me think about this. And I just said, you know, I, I don't, I don't like what's going on. I don't like what it's taking from me. Is this really success? Is it success if I have a knot in my stomach every day? Mm. Is it success because I have the title, but, uh, you know, now just being in this environment, this toxic environment, I'm having imposter, you know, um, issues. Like, Mm -hmm. I know I can do this job. I know I can do this job. The last job I had, I, I won awards. People love what I did. Now all of a sudden I'm here and I'm questioning myself because of what I'm having to do not to actually do the job. Like if I could just come in and do the job, I would be fine, but I have to come in and be a different person because of the politics or the things that are going on. And I can't live that way. And being who I am, I couldn't live that way. It made me sick, right? Because I just can't live this inauthentic, mm-hmm. in this inauthentic space. Like it, it physically makes me ill <laughs> to be around fake people or to have to be something that I'm not, right. uh, you know, and to talk certain work. Like it was just so crazy. It made me sick. I took a medical leave. Mm-hmm. And when I went back, I realized that I had changed because I had actually taken care of myself. Right. But the job hadn't changed and the people hadn't changed and the everything about it was seemed even more so. Right. And so I had been back for maybe two, three, four days and I started questioning some things and they were not happy that I was questioning things. And so after the last question, um, they said, you know, we're going to get back to you on that. Nobody's ever asked us that. We'll get back to you. And so their way of getting back to me was to say, hey, we want to meet with you. And when I went to the meeting, their GC was there and they were like, you know, based on what you asked, we just don't think you want to be here anymore. And for a split second, I thought, wow, you have really, what have you done? You 
you know, you've moved your family. What are you going to say to them? How did, how could you have made such a mistake? What? And I left, got in the car, went to the movies. <laughs> I just need some time. <laughs> I just need some time for myself. And I went to the movies and then I came home. And I was talking to my husband and I told him what happened. And I said, I'm so, so sorry. And he said, well, what are you sorry about? And I said, well, I moved you here. And this is work. And, you know, they let me go. And he was like, okay, so what are you sorry about? Huh? <laughs> he said, sure. It, does it make you seem a little inconvenient? Sure. But it's not like you're walking out and there's a box, right? Like there's a plan. You're fine. I'm fine. The kids are fine. And maybe this could be the gift of your life. Mm. Think about that. Mm. Well, I couldn't think about that for a minute, right? I took time just to refocus mm -hmm. and take some self inventory. But once I was able to think clearly I, I got an energy in me and a fire that I wake up with every morning because I can see where all of the experiences that I've had, all of the professional experience has led me to right now. And I can see every day there's a different light, you mm. know, just the fact that I'm talking to you. Right. And, and having this conversation and it's that it's that, you know, you, she's got drive. It's that it's that inside, like internal, mm -hmm. just how can I do it differently? Right. What, and what is it? And so as I was trying to decide what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I just made some notes. Like I wrote it down. And I said, I want to, obviously I want, I want to be in a different place than I am right now. Like I want to be a different person. I want to be fully Kimberly. And what does that mean? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm not living the life that I should. And I've seen so many people go away from this world right. with regrets. Right. I cannot be that person. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to have regret. I want to live a full life. And when my, when my kids are, are, I want to be present for them. I don't want to be thinking about, you know, oh, did I do that report? Oh my goodness. You know, we made a hundred million dollars today instead of, you know, uh, 200. What's going on? You know, like, I don't want any of that noise I want to be fully myself. Right. Two, two, I I had the life I have and the experiences that I have for a reason. And I believe that that reason is to influence whatever those next steps are for me, but also to influence other people mm -hmm. in a positive way. Right. So I want to be able to have a full life of who I am. B, I want to be able to influence other people through my experiences because everybody doesn't have the access or right. the exposure, right? So how can I influence you to help you on your journey? 
And then number three was, and I've been saying this my whole life, I want to help people who can't help themselves, right? Which is not necessarily influence. It's really in giving back to my community Mm -hmm. and being a helper, right? Um, And so once I could clearly see those three things, I could start work working my way toward that. And that's what I, every day when I wake up as I'm working on my business and, you know, I'm, I'm making those steps, anything I do has to fall within those three pillars. Great. That's it. Great. That is such a, um, a powerful journey and realization and then the move to insight to action you know because it's not that sometimes people can have that insight but not have the courage to follow through on it or the wherewithal or um the support is also i hear your husband being very supportive in that endeavor too and the environment matters when we're supported in our goals too and that's so it's really you know, if the if it was a different reaction to your apology, if the reaction was, yeah, we moved all the way to Ohio, and now, <laughs> right, you need to get yourself another job to, yeah, prove to me they was worth all this hassle. You know, if that was a reaction, that's a totally different world that you then have to live into, and then it, where you can shrink in, and then you go back into that space which is not serving you, right? So, it's exactly. Like, but so, you know, yeah. you know, the thing is, I, I realized at that moment that I had put myself in that position mm-hmm. several times because, you know, my husband's an attorney and when we lived in New York and uh, New Jersey or our whole career until this point, mm-hmm. he, when we, earlier on, we got married he was at a law firm. And then when we moved to New York, he was on Wall Street. And while he was on Wall Street, he flipped and he went on the regulatory side. And like he worked with Eric Schweitzer and he was uh, the assistant attorney general and he was the chief bureau chief for investments and banks. Mm -hmm. And so he had a huge role. Like he worked with Eric Holder and on, you know, legislation and all of that stuff. And, and I never sat down and said to him, when it started to get tough, can we flip? Mm. <laughs> can, or, you know, I always just put that pressure on myself. Right. Like you have to do this. You have to do this. And then when I felt like I didn't want to do it, then I started questioning well, why don't you want to do it? You have no choice. That is who you are. That is your role in this in this relationship. Right. And what I have found over the last year of being in this new space is that he's like, yeah, well, I could, I have my own thing now, but I could sell it, <laughs> and I can go work a lot of places with my experience. You seem to be on this path. And it's good. It looks good from here. It feels good mm-hmm. to watch you on this path. I guess everything happens for a reason, but you maybe we could have 
been on this path before and you didn't have to go through what you went through. And, and I, and I, I question that though, because I feel like if I didn't go through it, then I would be questioning myself and I probably would be with another corporate job chasing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's so interesting. It's kind of crazy that in order to have that change, you know, that, that trans, uh, formative change mm-hmm. in your life, it has to burn you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you have to really feel the flip side of it. In, in every challenge, there is a, there is a gift in it, I, without a doubt. And I think we yes. don't always, we don't know what the gift is right. yet as we go through it, just like with COVID, we, we don't know the full gifts that that's going to give us individually as a community globally yet, but no there are gifts in it. I believe that sometimes we are sent messages in our life about the direction we need to be heading in and we don't adhere to those messages. I really feel like sometimes I have to be hit upside my head when I don't, when I look back and I go, but I saw that years ago. I don't know why I didn't respond, you know? Why didn't I just respond? Why did I have to wait till he got this hard? Um, and I, and I see that in some clients I've worked with and when they look and see is if when we look back and we track back, were there signs for you to pick up along the way that you didn't see? And at the same time, I think you're right that there was something in this experience that had you rediscover who you are at a level that wasn't there before because, you, it didn't happen, you know, it only happened when it happened. And right. now you're on a different path. And now there's a, a path that feels more authentic and more true. And that you have and a recognition of what you have to give, like what your calling is, what your purpose is. And it's kind of like the hero's journey where you're being called to something. And you're and we either answer the call or we don't. But it doesn't right. mean the call's not there. You know, and it feels like you're answering the call now. Yeah, um, now. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's funny. And I I think about my journey just in general as Kimberly. And even when I was younger, I think I was a person who I need to feel it. Like I need to experience it. Like you could tell me, you could tell me all day what something is going to be. But unless I actually had that experience myself, I was a little leery. Like mm-hmm. I would, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I remember, you know, several examples, but, um, when I was first leaving home, right. It was after grad school and I moved out and now I can't remember what the situation was, but it doesn't matter. I remember having a conversation with my mom about something and she was like, oh, and it was something that I shouldn't have done. You know, like, you know, you're young, you do something, you're like, well, life is experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I told her and she just started laughing. And I said, well, what is funny? This is not funny. Like, I'm out of money. Like, I did this. It was dumb. Like, what? And she's like, it's so funny. Here's why it's funny. There are people who have a learning tree. You know about a learning tree. There's a nice big tree and you have all your lessons in it and the leaf falls off and you, you know, you pick up that leaf and you're like, Oh, another lesson. Mm -hmm. You, my dear, have a whole damn 
orchard. <laughs> and she just laughed. She's like, you know, one day, one day you're going to go out in that orchard and it's all going to come together. And I hope it gives you riches <laughs> because right now it's just a mess. You just have all these trees. And so I think about that often because uh-huh. it's so true. Like, and now it's kind of come to rest. Like, yeah. Wow. Okay. You know, and I can talk to people because I've lived through a lot of situations mm-hmm. uh, that people think, oh, this is the worst thing in my life. I, I'll, I'll never get past it. And I can have a conversation with them and say, yep, you will. Yeah. <laughs> it might look right. like this, but you will. Right. You know? um, and, and I, you know, I, I even think like when my, my husband and I were dating and it was serious and, you know, he would talk about being married. But then we weren't really making moves in that direction. And I, I remember asking him, like, why do you talk about it so much? Like, I don't see us getting there. Like, why do you talk about it? And he said, well, because I really want to be married to you. But I look at, you know, blank's marriage and blank's marriage. And so, like, my best friend was married at the time. She got married, you know, shortly after we got out of college. And it her marriage was kind of a, a mess and like his best friend is married. And I said, she's, he said, doesn't that concern you? Like, doesn't it make you worry? And I said, no, <laughs> he said, why not? I said, because I'm not either of those people. Like I, you know, right. like I don't, I don't live my life that way. Right. I, I have to do it myself. And he just thought that was so crazy. He's like, so what informs your decisions? I'm like, I don't know if it's because I'm an only child and I had to make my own decisions. Like I had to take all the information in and just make a decision. Mm -hmm. But I, I, that's how I live. Like I'm making my decision and it's about me. I have to live and die by this. So if I make a decision, it's my decision. I can't make a decision based on somebody else because it's my decision. So if it works, yay me. If it doesn't, that's on you. Yeah, it's like, that's the thing. And so, you know, having grown up that way, been that way, mm-hmm. it shocks me sometimes that I stayed in those corporate settings as long as I did. Yeah. You know, yeah. So long to have to get this lesson and that really makes me now feel like this is where you should have been. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and then how, so we have, so what the question that comes up for me is that is forgiveness, is forgiveness mm-hmm. present for yourself in that? Or you know, it... I had to learn that. Okay. I had to learn that. And, um, when I, when I left and I, I got, you know, I went to therapy <laughs> and my therapist, she said that to me, she was like, do you know anything about forgiveness? Like, forgiving yourself mm-hmm. because you, you hold yourself very accountable, like 100% accountable. But the flip side of that is being able to forgive yourself because, you know, ish happens. Mm-hmm. And as you work through those things, you have to be able to forgive yourself mm-hmm. or you just get to a place where you're like, I I'm kind of jacked up. right (laughs) since you don't want to be in that space you have to and so we worked a lot on that and so I can honestly say that now 
I think about things and I'm like, yeah, that was dumb. But I, you know, I'm, I'm still standing. I, I'm not going to worry about that. And, but it did take me a while to get there. Okay. The other thing that I say, or I tell people is that we have to be of our community, right? Like I teach my children that you have to give back, whether it's your time, whatever it is, you have to be a part of, you have to be part of the positive change, Mm -hmm. right? And you're not always able to write a check. And that's not always what people need. One of the things that's very important for Bumbershoot is to, it's the pillar of philanthropy. Mm-hmm. And depending on the community, there's a different focus. For the millennial community, and all the communities have a name. So for the millennial community, it's called Authentically Us. And their focus is on personal development for young women, mm-hmm. right? Young ladies, right? So that they can see that there's an option beyond where they might be. Right. For Spiceteria, the focus, because it's about flavors and, you know, food is love and, and we're not necessarily a food site, but it's that reference of everybody has a different flavor mm-hmm. and we have these flavorful stories to tell. Our focus is on eradicating food insecurity right. for children and women. Right. And so the beauty of that with COVID happening I kept asking people at the beginning, what can I do? You know, what can I do? Because I know there's going to be, there are so many food deserts. What's happening mm-hmm. with people who don't have food? Like, what how, What can I do? And so I have a friend here who has housed some of my events, and she has a, a food service where they have a space, but they also do catering and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to her because I said, well, what's going to happen? I know restaurants are clothing, closing and, you know, wh- wh- what can I do? And so we're brainstorming and uh, she called me back the, a couple of days later and she said, hey, I was talking to someone, um, this person I want to introduce you to because she's been asking the same question. Like she's been asking other people the same questions you've been asking. What can I do? And so long story longer, she connected us. And the person she connected me with had been the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club here for 10 years Mm -hmm. and had recently just separated from them and said, I don't I want to know what's next for me, which was great because I could tell her about Spiceteria. And, um, you know, that's been helpful to her. But what we decided, because she knew the human services organizations, I didn't know that side of the business, but I knew the caterers and, you know, what was going on there and found out, you know, caterers are in as bad or worse a situation than restaurants because they don't have, they don't have takeout. Like they can't, they, right. if there are no events, they have no business. Right. And the human service side there were essential employees that were still working every day that weren't healthcare employees, right? So if there was a treatment center or if there was a homeless shelter or, you know, a battered women's shelter or a childcare centers, there were people that still had to go in and most of those people were working poor. So now your hours are increased, but the companies have less money to give you. How are you eating? How are you feeding your family? Oh, let's create a fund that will help both. So if we create a fund that will 
provide business for these food service providers and they in turn provide right. meals for these other people who are essential to other people's needs, then have we helped someone? Exactly. And so we went out right. and we talked to the agencies and um, they said, oh my goodness, no one has thought of that. Yes, help us please. And so we created the Spiceteria Serves campaign that we just kicked off on Monday. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to raise $100,000 to feed 1,400 people um, twice a week. So they'll get two deliveries of food, but it's really four days worth of food. Mm-hmm. It's $1,500 a week to feed 1,400 people two deliveries of food wow. a week. Um, That's and amazing. So, if yeah, that, and, we've negotiated yeah. that. Wow. And uh, we just kicked off. So we kicked off, like I said, I think we, we kicked off on Monday, end of day. We have... $600 so far. <laughs> we have a long way to go, right. but we are reaching out to corporations and, um, you know, sticking with it. I think it's going to take a couple of weeks, but once it kicks in, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we can make a difference for those 1400 people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the link to, if you send me the link to that, and then I'll put it in the show notes as well. And if anyone is listening, who wants to contribute to that fund, then click the link in the show notes and um, go through to donate to Great. that really, really good cause. So that's, and that's about being creative. That's about meeting your own goals. And mm-hmm. that's about like finding communities to serve is what I hear yes. and what you're um, sharing. Um, I'm wondering, what was the question I had for you? There was a question that I had for you. And when, given where you are now, given what you've done, given where you're heading, can you define what success means for you? And particularly as we reflect in this time as well, like has what difference does it make given what we're going through to what, how we define success? That's a great question. Um, you know, because it's a really good question because I think of I think success comes in phases. Right. And, and I, and I, and I like the way you've phrased it of right now. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I look at what success is right now, to me, I'm, I look beyond just creating a business that makes me feel happy. Success to me when I wake up every day is uh, really having my family intact. It's having my son get a new email every day and saying, congratulations, <laughs> you've been accepted into mm-hmm. this program. And being able to, without stress or fret, know that he's going to be able to go, right? He's going to, I'm able to build, he's going to be able to build, 
I have, you know, another, a younger child who is just killing the game, you know, of, of school and comes into me every day just to give me a kiss on my forehead and tell me how proud he is that I am doing something that he can see how happy I am. So good. That is success to me. I have a husband who is 100% behind and comes with ideas, you know? So I guess if I were to package that, I am, I feel like I am the most successful I've been in my whole career Mm. because I can live in it. I can feel it. And it's a share. It's almost like love. Like it's like this love where the family is all in the right space. We respect each other. We love each other and we can lift each other up authentically. And, and it, and that's what success is for me right now. That is beautiful. Thank you. That really is. I I feel like I'm going to end this interview with that statement actually that is beautiful I think yeah I don't want to I just love it thank you you know I love (laughs) I really saw you like walk your son walking in and kissing you on the forehead I love that yeah he just did it actually Love it. Love it so yeah. much. Yeah. I love what you're doing. I love that you're, you fa- you're finding your flow, you know, and you're finding you. your own rhythm. And I think that that's so important, you know, like when, when you're in that place, you know. And yeah. I think that's kind of what your mum was talking about all those years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's exactly right. Like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. And, you know, you said something earlier, we were talking about coaches, right? And I've had people reach out to me on IG and LinkedIn, like, oh, with all your experience, don't you want to be a coach? You could coach me. And I'm like, I, I can tell you, or I can listen to you and give you feedback, but I'm not a I, I'm not a coach. Mm. I don't, I'm not trying to be a coach because I don't expect anybody to live. Like I need to, I would need to be trained and know a lot more about it. And I think it's really important that point that you make that just because you've lived a certain life or have had certain experiences, those experiences can lead you a lot of places, but it doesn't automatically lead you where people think you should go. Right. right. And I think that's really important right. because people will tell you what serves them, you know, um, but you really have to get to a point where you've taken self inventory and you know what serves you. Right. That is so important. Yeah. And you listen to you. Mm-hmm. You listen to that inner voice that speaks yeah. to you, which I say is your inner warrior because we have an inner voice that's not empowering. The inner warrior that's speaking to you, that is guiding you yeah. on what you ought to be, where what's your path right. and what's not someone else's determining for you. So, Kimberly, thank you so much for being a guest on She's Got Drive. Thank you for having me. 
I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. You know what I loved so much. You can see how we were just vibing off each other. I loved, loved, loved speaking to Kimberly. And the thing that's really striking me and sitting with me with this one is her journey in corporate America and her experience as a black woman leader in that space. Whilst it was un- it had a, an, a unique an impact on her, I want to say isn't unique broadly. I know that my work and the work that I've done with in my coaching has had me have an insight into what it's like for many black women in corporate America and who are trailblazers, who are pioneers, who are really doing phenomenal work. And that phenomenal work also comes at a cost to them and their well-being and their health and their sense of self, you know. And and so I have been, in terms of my role, my work as a coach, you know, ha- have been working with many black women leaders. And so... I love that Kimberly saw herself and saw who she was again and saw the possibility for herself and her life and then she took it. I love that she did that. It takes courage to do that, to say, I'm not going to go back into the corporate space. I'm going to set up on my own. And I'm not saying everyone has to set up on their own, but there is always a place for you where you can be appreciated and loved and respected and whether that's inside of an organization or outside, and it's to find your place. And if you found your place, then to really allow yourself to to thrive in that place. So I want to just acknowledge Kimberly for that and acknowledge her for sharing that because I know there'll be some women who are listening and they'll be saying, that's me right now. That's me right now. And no, and even in this context, I know it's a challenging context. So, you know, it may not be that you... If you want to leave, it may not be that you leave now, and you might, but you may hesitate to do that now, but you can start to plan for your exit. You can start to create your future. You can start to live differently. So I want to just acknowledge Kimberly for, thank you so much for sharing that. It's so powerful. Okay. You know, I want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you around this, this, um, this um, interview. If you want to get in contact with me, you can share with me on my Instagram page at Shirley McAlpine. You can go to shirleymcalpine.com forward slash contact me through my site. Or you can always go to the Facebook pages. She's Got Drive Facebook page on the She's Got Drive private community page as well. You can join the She's Got Drive community. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Thank you so much for listening. Go well and stay well. <laughs>